Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after-hour phone service. What that means to you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support, and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teamsbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom, and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here from Inspired Growth Training and this is the PM Power Podcast Show. You can dial in, subscribe on Spotify, Podbean or on the iTunes podcast. Of course, we do have the video interview which you are watching too and we have a very, very special lady today, um, Julie Collins, who hands-on property manager expert extraordinaire uh, from... Um, Altitude real estate in uh, Central Coast because you recently uh, Lake Macquarie. Julie, uh, Lake Macquarie. Sorry, I apologise, but um, Julie, you've got an amazing level of uh, property management experience. We call you the general. You know, you're very well loved in the IGT inner circle. If you're not part of the IGT inner circle, just go to our Facebook page, IGT Inspire Growth Training. Um, and then join group. There are three questions you need to answer and come and be part of our community. But Julie, we're talking about something today, which is something that, you know, um, is an interesting topic, dealing with difficult owners and bad business. And Julie, we've done a, we did a webinar recently for our OGT exclusive members where we really got into this and some really good numbers. But just before we get started, let's just talk about this because I know that when it comes to property managers resigning, if you interview every one of them, um, mostly in nearly all cases, they're going to cite burnout. They're going to cite, I've had enough disillusioned. I've, I've, and, and always dealing with difficult owners comes up in the conversation. So this is the property manager killer that we're talking about today. So it's a very serious topic that we have to talk about. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons, there's a lot of reasons why there's a massive turnover in our industry, but this is one of the big ones. So let's just define, and I just want to run through what a difficult owner is. And this is the, 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 um, the, the, the seven part criteria that I, that I give. And, and you've actually got an eighth one, which um, I'd like you to give in a minute. But the number one criteria, if we can just say what a difficult owner is, um, Number one criteria is they just seem to be unreasonable and over demanding. They just cannot seem to be satisfied. You know, you work really hard. You call them up with good news. They dump on you emotionally. They make you feel bad. Um, and they just make you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time, or they can control you, or even in worse situations, they can bully you. Um, the next one that they, um, we have problems with is they take up a lot of our time. So, um, we, you know, if, if we've got a, a simple five minute phone call to make, you know, to an A or B grade client, well, this C class property owner, you know, could be on the phone half an hour. We get off the phone. This person does my head in, you know, we feel really bad. Um, they, and they, they just have all these frivolous and vexatious requests and, you know, they, they just like, where did this person get this time to send me this five page love letter they email? Suck and the life out of they suck your drive. They suck your energy. Absolutely. The next criteria, whatever the rent is, they just want more. They want unreasonable rents, which means the property is now going to remain um, vacant or even worse. It attracts the desperates that we don't want anyway. Um, it, it detracts a good tenant. The other criteria, um, number four is they just, seem to get their kicks out of screwing down on fees. They want their value in fees being dropped um, and they're very focused on that. The number five criteria is they seem to take, take um, well, they put little to no money into a property with maintenance, repairs, upkeep, uh, which really means that we end up having number six criteria, uh, a crap property, which 
really is only going to attract a crap tenant, which means a good tenant isn't going to want to live there. Um, and I always have this, this saying that, um, um, you know, um, uh, if a good tenant doesn't want to live there, why do you want to manage it? So, but last criteria before I hand to you, Julie, because this is all about you. Um, the last criteria here is they tend to have a low rent property, but Julie, you've got number eight. What is it? I have. So adding to that, they are, these are the owners that want to make their own rules. They think that they can bypass tenancy legislation um, and they think that you should be able to enforce, you know, uh, rules that, that they want in place. Um, and it, it just goes with the whole criteria that we've just talked about with all of, all of the other things. So realistically, these people shouldn't be investors, but they are, they are out there in the industry. Um, so for us, it's all about... Um, you know, learning and being empowered to, to deal with them because otherwise, just what you said, they suck the life out of really um, good property managers or people that have the potential to be good property managers and they just decide too hard, don't want to do it. So a good friend of mine, um, Kevin, uh, runs an agency here in Adelaide and he, he made a good comment to me once. He said, he said, Darren, this is how we work. We value, in property management, we value tenants that pay their rent on time. We value tenants that look after a property. We value owners that repair a property. Um, we value owners that accept reasonable fair wear and tear. We value owners that look at it from a business transaction and not an emotional transaction. Um, these are all the sort of things that we value. And if we have relationship with owners that don't have those same values, that's when we have conflict. And so Absolutely. we've got to only take on owners that have the same values as us. Because realistically, they don't, they don't have any respect for you. Correct. Or the tenant. Yeah. Because this is all about not just us and the owners, it's about the tenant as well, because there are partners in the property management yeah, process. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so Julie, let's talk about owners and let's let's firstly talk about proactive strategies because I'm a real believer we've got to avoid these these owners. I think the more years that we have in property management, the more that we have to avoid these types of owners. Because I have a, a, a very famous saying that a C-class property owner is like a packet of cigarettes and they take years off your life. So um, with that in mind, Julie, what are some things that, that before any management agreement is signed, um, where the owner is still a prospective client, what are some warning signs that we could be looking out for so we can avoid this type of, of client in the first place if we can? Absolutely. So pretty much just to go recaps what you were just talking about. So whether that's a a property manager that's signing on your business or whether it's a business development manager, these people need to be really well versed in the types of clients that we're looking for and the telltale signs to look out for. Because if at that, at that stage when you're meeting someone or you're, you know, you're trying to onboard them as a new client, if they're already telling you, well, this is how it should be done and they don't want to do this and they're, and they're challenging your fees to the point of it's just absolutely ridiculous. Well, that, that, um, those traits are not going to change. You know, it, it's a little bit like um, a little bit like a bad relationship and people think if they sign a marriage certificate, it's all going to get better. Well, once you sign the agency agreement, it's not going to get any better. It just keeps going. So The, mar the marriage has been signed. So, yes, it is a, it is a, a long-term uh, relationship. And I think it's like an interview. You know, in an interview, people are on their best behaviour. That owner is actually on their best behaviour. And if you're already seeing cracks... It's all downhill from here. That's exactly right. If they're not taking on board the things that you're telling them, they're not um, respecting your professional um, advice, particularly on those things that are not negotiables and have to be done, like compliances and things like that. You know, it's the, the red, the, the, the warning signs are there, the red flags. And I, I only had one here approximately two weeks ago. This woman just kept talking over the top of me, telling me exactly how it was going to be. Um, not sure what, what is in any other states, but here in New South Wales, you know, charging tenants for a, a lease prep fee was abolished about 10 years or so ago. And she was arguing with me on the phone that she's not paying it and that she wants a clause put in the lease for the tenant to pay that. So, look, that conversation was ended very professionally with, you know, um, what I'm going to do is pop you through an email with all of our information have a really good read over that because from our conversation today, I actually don't think we're the right agency for you, you know, and that was my nice way of saying, I don't want your business. And we have to be able to say that. I think we get so fixated on winning the business, 
But, you know, there's that old saying, not all businesses is good business, but we, we tend to forget it quite easily. But it takes how many years' experience to know that when you said, I'm sorry, but we may, we're not the agency for you, how many years did it take for you to realise that you know exactly what you're now avoiding? Yeah, absolutely. It, take, it does take a long time. And funnily enough, I'm no longer a... I don't manage portfolios. I mean, I lead a team... But my, my mindset is now thinking about my team and I don't want my property managers having to turn themselves inside out, irrespective of being a business owner. I don't want them turning themselves inside out for a paltry sum of money that this owner wants to pay for our, our services. Um, I think the, the word is paltry because generally got a low rent property. We may have unfortunately given them or talking about a management fee reduction as well. Um, it, it, it is it is a very low amount, and I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. But you know, how easy is it to replace a C class landlord? Well, there's a dime a dozen um, out there. You can get it any time on cheap fees, and you can attract those bad owners. But how hard is it to get a quality property manager? So if we we really look at what's the the better situation we've got to keep, we've got to look after our staff. We have to because. We, we can't have that property manager now disillusioned that we're not backing them up or supporting them because they need the support. And so Absolutely. You know, we've got to be careful. But let's, now, let's talk about a couple of scenarios, just still going on identifying these types of owners. Um, let's say it's a DIY landlord that's come in. You know, they've surrendered. I don't want to manage my property on my own anymore. I've been doing it 10 years. Julie, what are some of the things that you're going to look for at this point if that's actually going to be an A or B class owner, or in fact, a C class, what are the things that you're looking for now to actually, in your mind, think, okay, is this owner for us or not? Yeah, look, so I think immediately, um, I think immediately you really need to know what it, what is the property that you're dealing with and what is the current scenario with the tenancy. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take on these sort of scenarios when there is a, uh, a, a mess in place, so to speak, we're professional people, we sometimes sort out messes. But let's let's have a look, first and foremost, let's have a look at the property that they're asking us to take on. Now, if this property is, you know, in such poor quality and, and disrepair and all those sorts of things, um, you know, basically don't, don't touch it because it's actually that landlord's problem is not just the tenancy that they've, the, the, the mess that they've created, the problem is the property. So even if we get rid of a tenant for them, okay, the, the property itself, that doesn't go away. That's the quality that it is. So for me, that's that's the first and foremost thing. Um, from there, if the property is a, a decent property that in, you know, in, in good circumstances you would have in your portfolio, then you need to look at what is the, what is the current circumstance that they're asking us to deal with. Um, very, very important if you're going to take it on that you make sure you make it worth your while. Um, you know, no one gets to walk into a solicitor's office with a mess that they've created and they say, look, we'll do it for, for nothing. It doesn't work that way. Um, so make sure that you're covering your costs and you need to make that owner very, very aware that um, under the circumstances, this is what we have to do for you. This is the best outcome you expect because under no circumstances that have them under any disillusion that you're going to be able to wave a magic wand and just fix all this mess they've created. They've got to own it to some degree and it's going to cost them pain and money. That's what happens when you make that decision in the first place to manage your own property. Mm. Okay, well, let, let's just shake it up. We've now got a call from an owner. Um, he's uh, having to transfer from Lake Macquarie. He's got a, got a job transfer to Sydney. He has to rent out his family home. Um, what are some warning signs that you're already thinking of in this type of scenario? What, what, what could happen? Um, what are some things that you're looking for to identify if this is the right type of client for you? Sure. Okay, so straight away with that kind of scenario, emotional attachment, straight away, because is this person so emotionally attached to their property that they can't switch their mindset to it being, um, it's, you know, it's now a business transaction, it's now an investment property, you know, so when you go there and they tell you about the, you know, the, the curtains that mum made for me and she passed away two years ago and, you know, they're, they're really, really precious and whatever the case may be, so straight away there's signs that, you know, these sorts of things you've got to try and educate them that, you know, we have to make this house a 
you know, an investment property and anything that there's an emotional attachment to needs to be needs to be removed. The other thing is you're looking for, has this person been a home handyman? You know, are there things at the property that haven't been done properly? Obviously, we can only do, you know, visual inspections. It's, it's those sorts of things. It's only until a person moved in, though, is this house going to be revealed for what it is? And particularly, you know, with, with any dodgy repairs or jack-built jobs, we might call them. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I, so, you know, okay, the owner says, well, um, Julie, I'd like to, um, with, with the lease, can you write into the lease? Um, you see this, um, this tube of paste here. I've actually bought that. I'd like you to write into the lease to um, have the tenant rub it into the, um, the, the stove top elements um, on once a week. It's got to be written into the lease. And also um, it needs to be written to the lease. I don't want, um, I, I, you know, I don't want any tenants wearing shoes in the house. Um, and the, 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 the wheelie bin um, needs to come in uh, within a day of the actual uh, trash collection. Um, how are you going to read those signals? Yeah, so again, to me, that's all very emotional, um, you know, emotionally driven because, that, you know, that they're the things that they do to make sure that their house stays what they think is perfect. So you're going to have those conversations about, um, and, it, and that's all about stand behind tenancy legislation, make them understand, you know, we can, we can ask people all sorts of things that you ask, but it's not, it's not enforceable. And also, I think it's really important to talk to them about, you know, and if, if we can't enforce these things and you're expecting us to, ultimately, you're going to end up disappointed in us. And that's through no fault of our own and that we can't enforce those things for you. So if they're adamant that, again, that you're the agent and you should be able to do whatever I ask you to do, you're better off, you know, what do they say? You can do it. You're the boss or they the boss? So. Sorry? Yeah, who, who, who is in, in, in charge of the management as well? Yes. And, yes. and you, you are, um, you, the Absolutely. agent. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you've got telltale signs that you think, gosh, this is going to be really hard work, this is going to be, you know, this, this owner is going to be a pain and you're already doubting how on earth you're going to keep this person happy, you know, times it by 10 because that's the path that you're heading down. Without I, I think you, you brought it up. You see... It takes years and years and years for you to go, hang on, I'm not feeling good. I shouldn't be taking this on. But so many people go, we've got to get the business. We've got to, we've got to sign it up, you know, that this owner, you know, and yes, Mr. Owner, we understand you're going to move away for a couple of years. And look, I, I know that it's probably, you know, not a good idea. Well, actually, let's throw this one at you, Julie. Um, the owner is moving away for two years. Um, and Julie, um, uh, the, we got the cutlery, crockery, Merch, you know, we got the sheets, we got, you know, all of that um, fully furnished house. Um, can you please manage it? No, you're shaking your head. No, why? It's, if, you have a, if you have a, a niche product in your department that takes care of furnished properties, happy days. Go Airbnb or you're right. So it's taking you. Here's the point. It's taken many, 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 many years for Julie to be able to shake her head no. It's Correct. taken pain. It's taken mistakes. It's taken all sorts of issues. And let's talk about another mistake of signing up one of those owners who's become an accidental landlord. Um, and they come back two years later. And we've actually got a C-class landlord. Um, can you tell me a story, Julie, of what happened in a, you know, the owner came back? What happened? Oh, look, I, I think we've all had them just from a, from a generic point of view, you know, that, that they, the owner comes back and, you know, where the tenants had their lounge or the tenants had their bed and the furniture imprints are in the carpet, for example, and they're screaming about, you know, damage. I mean, that, that those sorts of things are, are, are not damage. We all know that, you know. I, 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 the owner goes to war on us. And I've, I've had, you know, owners that have got upset over what is very easily fair wear and tear on the walls, little marks, and they insist the whole place is going to get painted. I've had flywire doors with that real floppy plastic flywire, not the proper mesh steel stuff, but that clearly fair wear and tear. It's because it's rubbed against the grill. He yeah. wants that replaced. Um, again, we've got to pay for paint. There's cobwebs on the outside of the house. Someone put their cup of coffee on top of the hot water service. So it's got a, it's just, unreasonable expectations and 
I guess as property managers, we really do need to be running through right expectations at the start. Um, and if we not, um, you know, what, what are some of the questions that we could ask Julie, right at the start where we can decide if this is bad business or not? What are some of the questions? You know what? Ask outright. Have you been a landlord before? And how did that go for you? If they start telling you about, oh, you know, it was it was dreadful. We'd come back and, you know, the tenant had had a dog can in the backyard and there was a square of grass that had died off, but it's okay, we fixed that. We've got to claim their bond, you know. Any of those sorts of things are telltale signs. Um, ask people what are their expectations, you know. Get them, get them talking because... You know, you'll get you'll get that information information from them. Um, like I guess, like you said, perhaps it is experience that makes you flag these things. But I think we all we all have gut instincts, you know, and you need to follow them. Like I said before, if there are things that are concerning you, you've already got a sense of these people are going to be really hard. Gosh, you know, like you said, times it by ten because that that's the trail you're heading down. But I think on that note, you know, if if those telltale signs or them flags don't come about at that point in time and you do, um, you know, end up with that owner, you know, in your portfolio or these things do go wrong, and I guess perhaps a lot of property managers, um, you know, that, that listen to this podcast, it might be those things they're thinking of. Okay, sometimes we do manage to avoid those issues, but what happens when these people do, you know, do end up in our departments? Where, where do you go from there? And I guess that comes into what we we're talking about with all this burnout with, um, you know, with property managers that we see all the time. And it's really disappointing. It really is very disappointing. Hi, everyone. Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after-hour phone service. What that means to you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support, and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teamsbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom, and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. I think there's a couple of things here before we move and get deeper into this, Julie, because we're still scratching the surface. Yeah. Is we're very good and we understand as property managers the absolute importance of tenant selection. And, you know, that cannot be understated. I mean, no, the, no the, the, the bad tenant selection um, can cause all sorts yeah. of bad things to occur and, and we're just going to lose complete control. But that's where this selection criteria finishes because when it comes to owner and property selection, a lot of offices really just have, well, here's a roof, here's a front door, let's sign it up because we need the business. And this is where we fall into problems because not all business is good business. We end up with those C-class landlords on board. And over time, we end up with a rent roll, um, which is toxic. Um, it it's, hasn't got air that's fit for, to breathe. It's not fit for human habitation. And it ends up being like a, an atmosphere like Mars where everyone's sick. And, um, and this is what's created. So we've got to have that property and owner selection. And I think the property, if the owner has had the property for a while, you want to go and have a look at it because the property represents the mindset of the owner. If the owner doesn't believe in keeping it good, looking after it, putting money into it, it's going to show. You know, and even ask them, when's the last time you visited your property? That's a great question to ask. If they say, oh, I haven't been there for 10 years. Mm. Once again, to me, that can be a sign that, okay, this owner might think he's still got a great property to offer. But in actual fact, he hasn't because he's lost touch with it. There's another another aspect as well. What about the ones that they ring up to come across from another agency? Everyone gets excited about the idea of taking a management of another agent. What are you taking? How do you know? Yeah. Um, yep. and so open questions is very important. And uh, yeah, open questions, finding. But okay, well, let's just cross the line now. Let's go and cross the line. We've signed the management agreement. And I think... You know, Julie, as much as we'd like to say our experience looks after us, it does. But every now and again, one may creep through. We may take on a C-class landlord that's done well to hide their, uh, their, their warning signs. So we've now got a C-class landlord on board. Um, let, let's talk about from the maintenance point of view. You wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So when we talk about difficult clients, I think that there's different aspects that that probably falls into. Sometimes they're just difficult in all aspects. Others are with, you know, great in some areas and not in others. So I think it would, I think everyone would agree that one of our, you know, a massive pain point is owners that are difficult with 
maintenance. And that can come about because they're C-class, they just don't want to spend the money. I believe there's people out there that really can't afford their rental properties perhaps because they don't budget enough for maintenance and those sorts of things. They're constantly trying to, you know, avoid those costs wherever they can. Um, so um, to me, that yeah, that's something that is often a real, a real challenge and that's getting people to fix things. So I think... This is where it's so important to know your legislation. That's really important. Um, and, and have a full understanding of things so that you can very confidently, you know, address these issues with those owners. Um, because when these problems do arise, and I, well, a lot of problems for that matter, particularly with maintenance, and I talked to you about this earlier, as property managers, we are we are natural fixers. That that is our natural, you know, our natural DNA. But not all of these problems necessarily belong to us. You know, we look at scenarios and go, okay, has the owner got a problem? Has the tenant got a problem? Have we got a problem? We as an agency only have a problem if we've dropped a ball somewhere and haven't done what we're meant to do. Otherwise, the owner's got a problem or or the tenant. So when we're talking to owners about maintenance, where you know we provide them with information. We educate them. We need to let them know, you know, it, you know, it is your obligation, you know, to, to do this. Let them know what the ramifications are if they don't. Mm. If that landlord flatly refuses and won't, won't carry out maintenance, then you have to determine is that maintenance, um, you know, absolutely ne necessary in the sense that is it maintenance that can cause a safety risk, can become a liability issue, which means that that can become a much bigger issue for for your agency, you know, or is it one of those things that the onus is flatly refusing? It doesn't re doesn't mean the tenant can't live in the house anymore. It just means the tenant's not going to be particularly happy. But again, that's where it's really important that your communication goes through to your tenant. I think often we fail to, you know, communicate with them and tell them what's going on. So when the owner's not fixing these things that become a screaming match, only natural. Who does the tenant scream at? The tenant screams at the agent, thinking that we're the ones that are not that are not taking care of things. Um, Let me tell you a story, and, and I can we can go story after story after story of safety risks that have occurred because you know the owner didn't want to fix it. But let me just give you a story, and this is a real shocker. And I was speaking at a conference in Washington D.C. Um, a couple of years ago. And I was hosted by um, uh, the person that was running that event at the time. He took, he, he invited me, he said, Darren, you know, come back, stay at my property, which is at Winchester, which is about an hour out of Washington, DC. Um, lovely area, great guy, loved it. And, and, and one of his colleagues was driving me around and I saw this house that was boarded up. It, 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 it had been involved in something, but all the windows were all boarded up. It was, it was now derelict. Um, and, and I said to the guy, what happened there? He says, oh, Darren, we actually used to manage that property. But the owner refused to fix the smoke alarms. Now, because we, um, we not only, you know, we've got to have the smoke alarms working, we can also be prosecuted as an agency if we continue to manage a property like So it was all sorts of risks. We dropped it. Within two weeks, there was a fire and the tenant's child died. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to think shower screens cracked, not being fixed. Smoke alarm. I mean, the smoke alarm is just non-negotiable. It's pretty easy. You don't refuse to fix it. We've got a, you know, we've got a real issue there. I mean, I think you and I know in these situations, we just go and get the, the jolly thing fixed anyway. And we just go and charge the owner. It's so sad, too bad in that situation because we're dealing with people's lives here. But there are situations yeah. where the owner simply won't do the repair. What is it worth to you as an agency with the risk if it goes into litigation, the amount of time and issues and problems it's going to cause? I mean, I've seen some shocking situations where it's gone to lit litigation. The worst situation I've seen is where the case went to court. Um, it took a year of the principal's time. They were no longer able to be a selling principal anymore. This issue where I'm not going to get into it because I've got identified, but the issue turning the litigation, the owner was caught up in litigation um, for a full time for a year, couldn't sell property. And then after that, the civil lawsuits against the agency started. And is it worth taking on a C-class landlord in these types of situations? It's not. With a beautiful fit, yeah, it's not worth yeah. it. 
And I think the thing there, and this is again to have a think about, and this is again where property managers need to back themselves. And that is when these things, you know, things go wrong and they end up in litigation, you know, we always, you know, have a, have a saying in our office that you, you know, think of the worst case scenario and work backwards with pretty much everything that you do. But what will often happen is if there's a maintenance issue and it's reported to the owner and it does have, have an element of risk, let's, let's say we're talking about a set of steps that are getting quite dodgy, okay? And if you've got an owner that tends to drag the chain and doesn't want to do anything, because, you know, PMs are so busy and or they really sort of feel like, oh, I've already told this owner about it, he's not doing anything. And I, I guess it almost becomes almost a little bit of a, you feel a bit intimidated because you don't want to keep hounding this landlord about this issue that you truly believe should be attended to. Well, I guess there I have to say, what is what is the process in your in your office with those kinds of scenarios where it's a case of something has been reported, nothing's happened. Does it just sit in your system as a an open file that just never ever gets closed, but it's always a case of, oh, he knows about that and he, he doesn't want to do anything about it? Because ultimately, if things go pear-shaped, that won't cut it. So you really need to think about a, a system in your agency that's a, you notify the owner, they receive, um, you know, they receive a follow-up. For some agents, it might be okay. They receive a, receive a final follow-up and then decide, are we going to continue managing the property? And I know it feels like you could almost get rid of every second management that you have, but in those sort of instances, you've got to take control with these owners because, you know, again, for any PM listening to this, if things go pear-shaped and it results in a litigation matter, you mark my word, that owner is going to do everything he possibly can to blame you as the property manager. Well, no one's going to put their hand up. Their, 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 their lawyer will do what he can to look for cracks. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time they find them. And if, and if, and if the owner's not doing it, their solicitor's going to. So no one's, yeah. no one's going to put their hand up and go, you know what, my property manager did warn me that this was going to happen and I didn't do anything about it. Not on, not, on you, not on your life it's going to happen. So, you know, this is where processes and things in offices should be reviewed as well. Whether this comes back in contrast to we just need the growth, we need the growth. Hang on. We select the tenant. We understand the importance of proper and thorough tenant selection. We also should have owner selection tenant and, and, and property selection. So, look, I'm just going to put this out there. If you want um, a, an eight-part criteria of what you should say no to, um, I, I go through, you know, the minimum rent level, perhaps before you say no, you know, minimum fees, location, distance from the other. There's a whole, there's about eight different criteria on a Word document. If you want that, just email me, darren at igtmail.com. I'll email it to you. Just ask for the um, eight part new business criteria, eight part new business criteria. Um, and and I'll, I'll get that to you to help you with your owner and property selection. All right. So we've talked about maintenance and the upkeep of the property. And that of course can affect or impact the quality of tenant that can be um, attracted to the property. Um, it also it talks about our litigation uh, risk exposure and impact. Let's now talk about the emotional impact um, that we can have, which directly connected to burnout. Um, and let's talk about unreasonable um, owners um, who are demanding owners, um, in some cases, bullying owners, you know, why is it important that we've got to also deal with this issue? And what's the best way of dealing with it? Yeah, so again, when we just, just in general, if we've got an unreasonable client, and that can be either it's throughout the tenancy or it's at, it's at the end of the tenancy. So basically, when, when you know, things get to boiling point and you've got an owner that just seems to be relentless and, they're, and supposedly they're not happy, I think I, I believe the good thing to do here is basically to have, you know, obviously listen, listen to understand what they're saying. And if you don't agree with what they're saying, take it in and then determine, you know, is this, um, is this a service issue? Is it something that, um, you know, this is what we do and they're not grasping it or they don't agree with it because that may, that may identify that A, we can either, you know, improve our service or if it's just that they're completely unreasonable, again, that's really making a deciding factor that, you know, what, perhaps we're not aligned with this client, you know. Um, or the other thing is from a legislative perspective. So if someone's unreasonable, they're not happy, they're making demands, etc., cetera, um, and it's, it's a direct conflict with legislation, 
We are the professionals. It's for us to explain to them why that can't, you know, can't be done that way, why it's not allowed, what the ramifications are, etc. And again, if people won't have a bar of it, you know, there's, there's your answer. So rather than coming back to what I was saying again, property managers owning things and feeling as though they've got to find a way to, got to find a way to fix this because they've got to make this client happy. You will never make these people happy because while you might think you fixed this thing, there's already something else that's simmering and it sets a precedent because they now think that you're their whipping boy or their punching bag, whatever you want to call it. And they're just going to keep going and going and going because that's what they expect. Once they know they have leverage, that's right. They're, 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 they're perhaps a very controlling personality used to, used to that. Um, I, I think we've just got to understand. I think you've really um, uh, identified it that we are fixers. We are problem solvers. And if we're unable to solve something, we have this frustration, um, which can turn into an emotional burden. It turns into anxiety. Um, and it's, that all turns into burnout. And we've, we've, in, in our minds, we haven't processed it properly because we're thinking we've got to fix it. We've got to fix it. Well, we have to accept some things cannot be fixed. And the Absolutely. only way to fix it is actually to remove the problem, which is the actual owner themselves, to remove them out of the equation because um, they aren't going to change. So that is the way sometimes, and I think there's times where, Julie, we've sacked a bad owner They've got five properties. They were crappy properties anyway. Um, how much better was everything in life was better when we said goodbye to them? It was just a, it was a, a shout of victory. It was a party. It was a sense of relief. And it, we, the air just became clear. Yeah. Darren, even if, if you've got an owner that maybe they're not, then maybe their property is not crap and it's a quality property, but they themselves are difficult clients. Again, that, that doesn't make it okay. It doesn't mean we're wrong. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely property or it returns five or six or $700 a week. If, if it is a constant marathon and a constant battle with this owner, then you've got to switch your mind to all the energy and, re and not just your energy, the resources that are being sucked out of the department to try and appease this person and manage this property you know, you, you could possibly, you could probably have three other properties on your portfolio that it would use up the same amount of energy and yep. resources yep. And, and, with, and without the um, without the headaches. So I think uh, the same as when you, I, I believe if it is all possible, it's actually great to get a person in front of you rather than on the phone. And I think people gain a lot of Dutch courage over the phone, um, whereas getting people in front of you and having a reasonable conversation is great. I know that's not always a possibility. I think another good thing is if the option is there, um, I actually think it's great to encourage your owners to visit the properties with you once every 12 months. Because I think the other thing talking about as being fixes, et cetera, is often as PMs, I see a lot of um, probably, you know, PMs that haven't been in the industry quite as long. They're too afraid almost to tell their owners of anything, um, you know, negative that's going on with the property because they only want to provide good news, you know. But that's not a good thing either because that owner should come on that journey with you. Um, it, it keeps things real. Um, it lets them know, gives them a real insight into how hard you're working because they've got problems with that tenancy. I've got this professional person that's identifying there's a problem, but they're working it out for me. Um, I think that all, I think it all contributes to, um, you know, um, yeah, basically avoiding this difficulty with, with clients. And again, if that person's, I'm not interested in visiting the property, I just don't agree with anything you say, it's a constant fight, it's a constant battle, then you're never going to win that argument. And I think this is where then people just get so burnt out with, with it all. I think we, we've talked about the emotional impact and, and it can really pressure us and give us anxiety. If we've got anxiety when that person phones, there's an issue. All right. And that person's name, the reception says, oh, Mr. Such and such is on the phone. And you feel like you have to dive under the desk or walk on eggshells. Well, that is a warning sign in itself. But let's talk about the impact of the department. So we've got emotional impact, um, anxiety, mental health, lack of enjoyment of the job, sense of dread, 
let's just be honest about that. And that all has the wearing and burnout effect. But um, we've talked about the resources. Um, if we've got a property that's hard to rent, it could be the extra time on the road to go out there to show extra amounts of people through because we're now picking the best of a bad bunch. That doubles over it. So we've got the mileage, we've got the car wear and tear, we've got our time wear and tear. We'll talk about time in a minute. But there's so much drain on the business. Um, you know, is it worth it to have these? And we're not earning good coin on these. We're earning a lower income. It's just bad all around. So we've got to be able to go recognize this is bad. We shouldn't be managing it. And from a time point of view, we did a webinar together, Julie, um, uh, not so long ago. And the, 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 it's in part of our PM growth and performance series in the IGT exclusive membership, where we talked about dealing with C-class owners and bad business. And we did a time and motion study. And just basically for everyone listening, we did a typical time of a, a move in, a tenant moving in and moving out in the same 12, year, 12 month period on an average property. Turned out with a leasing of it, the time to show people through and then sign up the lease and do the inspection, do the lease renewal, do the maintenance, typically three hours in a year, um, you know, routine inspections, all of that. Then the vacating of the tenant, typically it's around about 20 hours of your work. But then at a C-class landlord or property to that, it blows out double, if not triple, because we've got so much more time and resource to rent the property because we're going out, showing the property a lot more. We've then got the issues surrounding routine inspections. We might have to do re-inspects. We've got renneries or late rent problems where we're probably spending maybe half an hour on the phone every two weeks. That's now turning into an extra 20, 25 hours a year just on late rent, maybe more, maybe 30 hours, um, plus the possible court or tribunal. Um, it's all bad. Then the file inspection, you've got the extra blowout. So before you know it, an average property 20 hours a year, now this is 40 to 50, 60 yeah. hours a year. We're not earning 88, $90 an hour. We're now earning 25 and a cleaner wouldn't even work for that. So for every hour that we're spending on that type of property, we might be bleeding 30 to $50 per hour it's all bad. So I think we've outlined, this is bad business, Julie, but here is another problem. The property manager knows it's bad. They feel like crap. They want to get rid of this owner. They then go to the boss who might be running a sales division and says, I want to get rid of this owner. And the boss turns around and says, well, we don't want to do that because I might want to sell one day. What have you got to say about that? Okay. So... Um, as an individual PM, if you're approaching your business owner, before you do that, I think have a look at the scenario, have a look at what's going on with this person and ask yourself, okay, and this is where I was talking about have confidence in yourself and know your worth, you know, you're providing a professional service and ask yourself, you know, is there something I could do differently or I should be doing differently? Is there something I could or should be doing better? Okay. And if it's a case of, well, no, I've, I've done all these things that I'm meant to do for clients and I've, you know what I mean, I've done everything I possibly can and I, I've exhausted all avenues. Then you're going to your owner. Now, again, this could be about maintenance. This could just be about being unreasonable. If it's about maintenance, okay, irrespective of this person might sell one day, my argument is to that, that business owner, that yes, they might sell one day and I don't know what that sales commission might be worth to the office, but are you prepared basically to roll the dice and risk that you may not even get to a sale because this property is on the verge of being a litigation issue and are you prepared to take the risk of being dragged through being sued because of you know, the condition of this property because quite likely that's what's going to happen, you know, um, way up the two. Now, any smart business owner surely would not want to be dragged through a litigation case that they could have avoided. You know, things can happen that we don't expect, but when you, the warning signs are there and you ignore them, like I said, it's going to cost that business a hell of a lot more than what they're going to earn in a sales commission, I would think. From a person being unreasonable, sucking the life out of us, what we were talking about, you know, what should be a 20-hour process is perhaps a 40 or a 50. Put that argument forward to, to you, your boss or your business owner, you know, nutting out all these things and this is how much time this person's taking on the basis of it's not good business because as I just mentioned, you know, you think if a property manager had all those type of people in their portfolio, their capacity would be to manage, 
I don't know, 50 properties. That's all they'd have time for, you know. Whereas if you're managing good quality owners and good quality properties, that person might have the capacity to manage 150 properties, which is, you know, triple the income for the agency. It makes it makes sense. So again, you know, it's 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 drilling into what is it really costing the business, let alone sucking the life out of your PM and she's on the verge of rocking in the corner or leaving. What's it costing the business? And, and it gets about all cases. We could easily do a time and motion study and show the company is bleeding money, losing money. The company is funding that particular premises, which means we get rid of it. The company is now making money or saving money. So moving on, um, I think also we need to say that if, if, you know, the owner says, well, they might want to sell one day. Well, a C-class property owner means they're going to be a C-class seller as well. They're going to screw you down in your commission. It's all going to be a bad deal all round. Um, there's nothing that's going, you know, there's no, nothing to be lost except the potential of losing a good property manager. And that's the worst thing that can happen to the agency than losing a C-class owner is actually losing a quality oh. property manager because the boss isn't going to back them up. It's not, like, the property manager wants to know that the business owner has their back. And so business owners listening to this, you've got to listen to your people. And I did a podcast with Greg Pearson just recently where we talked about dealing with stress and property manager burnout. And he said, look, if my property managers come to me with a C-class landlord, say, yeah, we can get rid of them, but you've got to go get me two quality properties first um, and then we'll get rid of them. So I thought that's really good too, is that have yeah, some I growth goals to get rid of bad owners. Yeah, and, and, and I also, um, as I mentioned before, you know, it's like you, it's, you don't just do that on a whim, oh, I'm sick of this person, let's boot them out the door. Like I said, look at, the, the, like, you know, do a, um, you know, do an analogy on what they're actually, what income are we getting off this property and what are they really costing us with the hours we're putting in? And like I just said, you know, have a, have a, a real honest moment with yourself, you know, am I servicing this, you know, the, the best that I can and doing everything I I could and should for this client. And if, they, if they're all yeses, well, that, that, that's, that's the answer. It's, it's just not worth it. Um, you know, Julie, every time I've done uh, an expense analysis as a business consultant and I've worked out what it actually costs, the expenses that cost to manage a property, every time I've done it, I've always come up with a figure of 1500 bucks. Yep. That's Australian currency, $1,500 per year per property to actually manage it. That's all the costs, salaries, you know, rents, insurances, car running costs, electricity, everything, about 50, it always comes to 1500. So if you're earning less than that, why are you managing it? My goodness, working for free. we shouldn't even be managing at 1500 or 1600 or so. it should be a lot more than that. So let, let's just move on. Um, okay. So now we're ready to get rid of them. All right. What are some of these property managers struggle? What am, what am I going to say? What am I going to put in the letter? How am I going to exit this owner? They, they, you know, they're going to go crazy. Well, what are some advice, Julie, you can give about exiting that type of owner from the business? Yeah. So look, it, it, it's never going to be a pleasant conversation, I guess, because ultimately, you know, you, you, you're breaking up with them, you know, um, Mind you, if someone's if someone has decided that you know that they're not happy with you, even though it's unjustified, you know perhaps they're going to perhaps they're going to take it okay. But I I do honestly think you just go along those lines of talking about you know um, basically the, the the policies and standards that you have in place, you know, and ultimately you respect that it's their property and they do get to make their own decisions. But it's actually not aligned with the services that you can offer. So what's become apparent is that you know. Um, we're, we're no longer the, the, the agency for you or, you know, our agency is not aligned with what you're, what you're wanting from us or what we're needing from you, you know. And I don't, I don't think there's any um, sugar-coated way to do it other than just being polite. I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to be thrilled about it. That's inevitable. But you know what? You will feel so damn good um, to hand that file over it, you know, that, that that's basically... That's what you've got to what you've got to think about. And again, as I just said, you can't fix them all. You know, no, no. You and we've, these, you've got to know your worth. You've got to part ways. You've got to know your worth, and you've got to know that you don't need to be managing these people's property. And that's our attitude. We've got to have that. We can't pander after them. And um, I think you know sometimes with these types of owners, they may bully us as well. 
and, and the bullying and the control and sometimes a simple conversation along the lines of, look, Mr. Smith, we've been managing your property now for two years. And in that time, um, I've just come to the conclusion, there's nothing we can do that's going to service you at the levels that you require. I think you need to seriously look at what your options are. Mm -hmm. You might need to consider looking for another agent. And I've had those conversations. Suddenly, the owner realizes they haven't got the control they then pull their head in and they go from a C-class owner to a B-class. And now we've got something that's doable and they've now, they're no longer bullying, they're polite. They now realize this is a two-way street, not a one-way street. And that has been a solution too. But another, um, solution, another solution can be, as long as it's not a, from a maintenance perspective, when there's litigation risks and things, I definitely wouldn't go down this path. Yeah. from an unreasonable perspective and taking up a lot of time, start start actually, you know, tracking the time and effort that you're spending on this property and this person on the phone and all the running around that you're doing for them over, even if it's a three-month period. So then you actually can go to them and say, you know, we've actually done a, a cost analysis on your property and your fees this amount, you know, um, and... We, we understand that you, you know, that you want this additional, you know, time and, and resources from us. Um, and that's not a problem at all. However, we're going to have to review um, the, the fee structure and we now need to, you know, put this fee structure in place. And if they agree to pay it, make it worth your while. They stay and pay it. It's all, all, all and if they agree to pay it, happy days. Yep. Pretty good chance they're going to say no. So therefore, okay, well, where would you like me to send your file? You know, that is, that, those words are liberating. Where would you like me to send your file? <laughs> I, I agree. Um, and I've, I know of agencies that have wound up management fees double and the client paid. Yeah. You know, and I think when it comes to increasing fees too, because as you know, I'm a fee max, I, I do a lot of fee maximization. Um, if you've gone and said, okay, we're going to increase that owner's fees, that means you're happy for them to stay if they pay more. Some That's people correct. don't even deserve to, to stay and pay more. Some people just need to go and you need to work out who those people are. And, that, and that's what I was getting at. Don't do that. Don't do that as an avenue thinking you're going to push someone out if you know that you don't want to manage the property because it could backfire on you. Um, and particularly, like I said, anyone that's where it's a maintenance issue and there's litigation risks and things, don't, don't use that, that, that method because ultimately it doesn't matter how much they pay, you don't want that property. It's going to bring your world of pain at some stage. It's not, it's not if, it's when. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Julie. Um, a lot of good wisdom there. Well done. This has been a great discussion. Thank you so much on talking about difficult owners. And of course, uh, we love our property managers out there. And, but Julie, um, if anyone wants to contact you, what's the best way to get hold of you if they want to? Sure. Um, and I'm always happy to have a chat with, with anyone. Sometimes it's great to bounce things off other PMs. We've all been there and we've all dealt with it. Um, so more than welcome to email me and that's julie at altituderealestate.com.au um, or my mobile number is 0414751646. Um, generally leave a message, but yeah, I'll catch up at some stage. And of course, Julie is part of our IGT Inner Circle. So on Facebook, go to the IGT Inspired Growth Training Facebook page. Just join group. There are three questions that you must answer. We're very, very careful about who comes into our group. And of course, Julie is part of our IGT family. But Julie, thank you so much for your time and um, great podcast. And, uh, and thank you to everybody uh, for watching or listening and tuning in. Thanks very much, Darren. It's a pleasure. And, and, and thank you for having me.